Hello again, everybody, and it's IntelliKey Leadership Stories in our special series, Amplifying Black Voices. My co-host, Kirsten Goldie, is here. Mark, they just keep happening. Our guest today is Dom Brightman. Welcome to a special edition of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Amplifying Black Voices, a series of interviews that help bridge the gap between what you think you know and what you need to hear about the true meaning of racial justice, diversity, inclusion, and equity. Real conversations about real experiences that lead to real change. Join the conversation now with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson. Kirsten, we've just had some terrific conversations, haven't we? Mark, the conversations are just enormous right now, and I'm grateful that we've been guided to do it. Yes. And of course, in the context of achieving and reaching our soul's potential, we need to open up to our potential to be more open to having these conversations. Well, our (laughs) guest is Dom Brightman. And when I say Brightman, this is a audio podcast, so you're not seeing the kind of radiance and light yeah. that Kirsten and yeah. I have the pleasure of seeing. Yeah. Hey, I'm just honored to be talking with both of you on this project that you're both doing. You got a great thing going here. So. But, and if it's okay, Dom, I may have to take a picture for the audience if you don't mind, because yeah, it's yeah, too we, good. Yeah, we <laughs> there we go. need a screen capture <laughs> of this. Dom, we're really glad to have you on the program. Well, I'm grateful for being there with both of you. Dom is an author. He's got three wonderful personal development books, and he's also a podcaster himself. Going North is the name of that program. And he is also then a trainer. He is a head of a Toastmasters group in the Baltimore area, and he is also a John Maxwell group trainer. So, Dom, you've, you've got a lot of uh, broad Uh, experience and things going on. Dom is a bright young leader. You are exactly the leaders we want to see in our future because that's what it's going to take to get us out of where we need to go to. I appreciate your kind words. We got kind Kirsten in the building, baby. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Well, Dom, as we get into our conversation, you know, we we do want to hear about your work and your books and uh, podcast and so forth. But I think we want to hear about it in the context of the Black experience and the social issues that need to be addressed. And everybody says, you know, we need to have a conversation. We need to really listen to each other. So we really want to listen to you. Uh, Sure thing. So a little bit of background about me. Both of my parents, wonderful, loving folks. My father, he actually fought in both World War II and the Korean War. He was a paratrooper in 82nd Airborne Division, had two combat jumps, a decorated soldier. And my mother, she has her master's degree in psychology, and she's all about education. She grew up in a small town in South Carolina. So actually they both hail from South Carolina, my father, Andrew's mom, Georgetown. And they basically dealt with basically civil rights at that time. They were going through that whole movement at that time. They were dealing with that at that time when they moved up to Baltimore, especially in the sixties, then turned the eighties when it really got at its peak, they really had to protect themselves and they really paved the way for me because even though a lot of nonsense is going on and it seems like we keep making two steps forward and making five steps backward is the fact that still, even though that's still happening, I'm still, I'm still grateful for the shoulders of the giants and my parents for making that way for me because with everything like 
the Black Lives Matter like Black Lives do matter. We're not saying that any other lives don't matter. We're just saying that this is a response to the injustice that's out there. Because really, it's all about really just taking that time to not only listen, but also to take action too, because we can listen all day, somewhat, because some people don't even listen. Some people listen to see when it's their turn to speak instead of listening to how they can actually take in the information and see how it applies to their life and see if they can provide a proper response or heck even sometimes the best response is no response at all temporarily. And then just seeing what we can do next to actually plan and actually take action from that. And really, <laughs> I was a little bit of a combination of a couple of things, but that's really kind of like how things have been for me. It's really just two wonderful parents that really had to deal with some certain things. Heck, my dad himself, like even in the later years of his life, when we took care of him, like he, we, we pulled out his DD-214, which I'm glad we were found. It actually had Negroid written on the DD-214 back then. And I'm like, wow, like this thing is ancient. And my goodness, I did not know that was actual. I was, I didn't know a that was thing. a version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I knew it was a thing. Racism, a thing still is, but Negroid really. <laughs> Uh, on the paperwork, right? Like I get it on the plantation, but on the paperwork? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really just things have just evolved and somewhat gotten a little, I'd say a little more dressed up. They kind of, instead of Jim Crow, they call it Jim Crow Esquire. Like I said, now that, that it's wearing a suit now, it's less in your face. Although these past few years, uh, with a certain person likes to tweet in the high office, <laughs> a lot of folks have come out of hiding and really shown themselves. I'm not saying that all folks that support Donald Trump are racist. I'm just saying that some folks who may support him actually may carry certain racist views and they see this as an opportunity because they may hear him say one thing one day, go off of that one thing and come out of hiding. So it's been one heck of an interesting journey that's still left to still take some steps in. You know, you decided uh, public speaking and Toastmasters was going to be important to you. You, you got involved in the John Maxwell uh, topics, training, uh, subject matter. Well, why was that important to you as an individual? It was important to me as an individual because my father always said, always get your education, because one of the things that my father regretted in his life was dropping out of high school just to get a job to try to make as much money as possible because he ended up blowing most of it, to be honest, because he wanted to buy a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And when he saved up enough money to get it, he was drafted. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. and when he got into the Airborns, he actually wanted to fly a plane all of his life. And he didn't get that opportunity because they said that he needed to get a bachelor's degree. And he didn't have that on top of being black, no less. So instead of flying the planes, he jumped out of them. And instead of being able to conduct the airplanes himself, he ended up being a bus driver for 35 years of his life before retiring from that position. So that's really kind of one of the major things that inspired me to go that route because Toastmaster itself, I discovered that after listening to one of Brian Trace's audiobooks where it mentioned it. And I was actually going to be doing a public speaking seminar for my church through a ministry that we started at that time called the Corporate Development Ministry, where we are going to basically equip those in the community with the skills that they need and to help them to be better candidates for employment or heck even eventually into entrepreneurship if that's their goal. And we had a, we had these big plans to really get things going, but we needed to get some traction. 
And on that list of items to do, a public speaking seminar was one of the things on there. So I chose to spearhead that. And Toastmasters helped me to solidify that even more in terms of, all right, now I have a direction to go in. Like in a way of going north per se, it's like, all right, I'll just go to, go to Toastmasters, network with people, build some relationships, maybe secure a speaker for the seminar. And after the seminar was a success, I basically stayed with Toastmasters because I was going to be leaving blessings on the table if I left. And that's one powerful question that folks need to ask themselves every now and then is how can I make sure I don't leave any blessings on the table in this life that I've been given? Because sometimes we are so busy with life that we don't really see the forest from the trees. And that time I decided to make sure I decided to take advantage and staying with Toastmasters gave me quantum leaps forward and actually take advantage of what that they had to offer and the skills that I've been gifted with because through Toastmasters, I hired a coach, became a coach myself and wrote, published multiple books after giving a bunch of inspirational talks and being around people that encourage me to be there, be the best that I can be. And also holding me accountable because that's the other thing too. Like when it comes to listening and speaking and planning and taking action, you have to also hold people accountable because that's really the glue that holds things together is that accountability. Mm, that's huge. I, I, I love everything you just talked about. And I want to come back to the potential conversation, but you said something that I really don't want to skip over because there is something beautiful that you're speaking to honoring and being okay with standing on the shoulders of those that have led the pathway for you. And it's, I love when synchronicity occurs because I was reading a story this morning of a Carandera. It's a Mexican medicine woman. And she was talking about how to truly rise, we need to stand on the shoulders of those that have come before us. And there's an honoring and they want to, right? So one, I want to honor you for honoring those that came before you, because we forget that, right? You talk about not leaving gifts on the table. That's not leaving, a, that's taking a gift that's been given to you and not squandering it. How many times do we see people be given opportunity and against all odds, you know, they, they have this gift and they leave it behind. That's that choice. That's that personal accountability. What am I going to do with what's in front of me? And that ties it back to the potential. And I don't necessarily have a question in as much as I wanted to thank you for talking about that because there's so many that need to see you for the brightness. Appreciate you. Dom, given what uh, Kirsten just said, I'm curious for you, what was the, I'll call it the fork in the road. You could have gone one direction. You decided to go down this other, you know, perhaps it was the, the church event. What was the turning point for you to say, I'm really going to pursue education or I'm going to pursue writing, training? I'd have to say it was actually back in 2012 and a classic story that a lot of folks probably know me for saying every now and then is the fact that that year 2012 was a paradigm shift year. And it was a series of events that led me to finding personal growth because up to that point in 2012, I was probably had two semesters left to go for my IT degree at the time. And I was going to be graduating soon. And on top of that, also doing some religious studies as well to fortify my own to make sure that I'm really surely built foundationally in my faith and just dealing with that 
as well as the beginning of the decline of my father, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's of summer that year, and that even almost losing my part-time job at a local library. And just those series of events like led me to realizing that there is an acres of diamonds somewhere that I'm missing. And that came from reading leadership books by John Maxwell. Like the main book that helped me to really make a change was his book called Thinking for a Change, because that's something a lot of folks don't do or they don't do enough is thinking for a change. And heck, even Kristen's kind words of acknowledging me as a young leader, like that's all because I sought wisdom from those who came before me to lessen the learning curve because it's better to be learning ahead from somebody who's made those mistakes as opposed to making those mistakes yourself and the mistakes they made. So trying to lessen that learning curve. And that year of 2012 was really the fork in the road where it's like, all right, I got to change directions here. And I can even fall in love with reading again, because that's another thing that held me back. Like, even though up to that point, I worked in the library part-time for five years, I still wasn't a big fan of reading because in college and especially in grade school, they give you books that you don't want to read and make you hate reading. And after you're done college, you're like, I don't want to even look at another book again, but not realizing that there are so many great books out there that can show you wonderful steps, wonderful life steps that you can take and apply to your life to make it even better. And heck, one of those things that helped me to better my life is asking myself questions, asking myself questions every day because questions require a thought and a response because one good thing that I like to do at least every day of my life is asking myself what good can I do today what good can I do today and that may be calling someone that I may have not talked to in a while and just asking how they're doing and they'd be pleasantly surprised that they haven't heard from me in a while and we're getting a great conversation and that may turn into business for one other one person or the other or heck, even just sharing a kind word with someone else and just taking those different steps and being more intentional with my life instead of letting life intentionally take me down these other rabbit holes where I may not get as much growth if I'm not as intentional with the life. So that's really been the fork in the road that eventually became a spoon for growth. That's outstanding. You are fortified in your religious trainings which I'm sure shape every action you take along your path, right? They, de- they support how you define it. What do you want to hear the leaders coming up under you? What do they need to hear? And what do you encourage them to do? But second to that, the elders. So what do you need from us? Sure. I'll see if I can tackle the first part. So the youth part is really just keep doing what you're doing for those that are focused on their life. Because there's there's two camps of folks. There's the camp of people that may have went to school, realized they may not be learning anything much, especially when some people call it the public fool system. And they use that as a gateway to just probably smoke weed or just waste their life and have children early and stuck putting themselves at a disadvantage when a lot of folks, especially in the black community are born at a disadvantage already when there's no generational wealth in a lot of black families. And there's also the other camp of people where they may have that background. They may go to the public full system and they are actually going to take that knowledge and they do additional studies and they actually take action for themselves. So for that group that actually is fearless in taking action and actually trying to better their life, and create businesses for themselves, being entrepreneurial, to basically keep that up. 
and for the folks that are in the elder generations to not only learn from the younger generation and encourage the younger generation, but also to keep going and keep fortifying your own life as you go along because a lot of elders still have wisdom to give. And that even with the young folks is to also have an open ear to listening what elders have to say, whether you agree or not. Like with my parents, I love them, I adore them, I respect them, but I didn't agree with everything they said. And even though as I age, a lot of what they said, I realized how smart they were and still are, at least the mom anyway, since she's still here, is realizing that even though you may not agree with someone, you can still hear them out and take the information and do your own thinking about it and actually think for a change. So it's really all about making sure that if you have this space where you are actually taking fearless action and you're actually creating a life for yourself that you want and encouraging others to do the same, then keep doing it. And if you're seeing other people do that, encourage them and equip them and really just hear them out and see what you can glean from your life as well. Because I was joking around with the podcast guest when she was talking about she's turning 60 next year. And I was telling her that 60 is the new 40 since a lot of folks are trying to say that 40 is the new 20 because a lot of folks are focusing more on health and wellness. And really like if 40 is the new 20 and 50 is the new 30, then it's only makes sense that 60 is the new 40. And we have a lot of folks out there that are up there in the age where they've reached their second win and they still have more to give. So for both groups, like we all have something to contribute and we may have different levels of energy with our contributions, but just be open to listening and continuing to contribute to each other so that way we can make it a better collective whole because we all need each other. Like we're built as human beings to be in relationships with other people, not just like romantic relationships with business relationships, platonic relationships, friendships. And it's probably the greatest capital in the world is relationship capital because someone you know, and heck, even another question you could probably ask yourself or ask even better yet other people when you're conversing with them is who do you know that I should know? That way you can continue building your spider web metaphorically of people that you know that may actually help you out down the road because funny enough, I actually was at a book event a couple of years ago selling my book at a vending event and I had basically four sales that day. I sold like four books when I brought like a hundred just to sell them because I came off big momentum at my local church where I sold all my books out and I thought it was going to be the same. I got a humbling lesson that day. And I also got another lesson of realizing that life is a marathon and not a sprint because one lady that I was conversing with who bought that one book invited me to speak in front of her students at a Martin Luther King day breakfast. And she paid a great honorarium towards me. So I made my money back down the road. And that's all the power that you need in terms of collaboration and relationship building is the fact that gifts are going to be coming to you in life. They may not happen when you want them to happen, but they will happen. This is the great unraveling of a non-truth, which survival of the fittest, it's the strongest eat and everybody else does it. That's a non-truth. It's being scientifically unwound right now because the true essence of that teaching or that writing was that you survive in community. 
I love that you spoke to that. Good stuff. Well, Dom, uh, it sounds like you've got some great guests on your podcast. I particularly like the one that calls me a new 40-year-old. So I'm uh, really, <laughs> I, I, I need to go back and listen to her more. <laughs> I, I need some of that tonic. <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit more about your podcast and some of that. I mean, I love the title, Going North. Tell us about that title and you know, what, what you're hoping to gain from uh, some of the guests that you bring on. My pleasure indeed. So the Going North podcast, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, is all about authors coming on to share some inspiration, information, and motivation to help you charge forward in life and realize that success is tangible. And I have a diverse array of guests because that actually comes from a library background where we're everything to everybody because we want to create the lifelong reader. And that goes on from their kids' age all the way to the teenage age and adult age and so on when they have their kids. Eventually, with the podcast itself, it started off, I originally wanted just to get professional development authors, but I realized, you know what, it's a big world out there and it should be more open to more ideas, especially those who write fiction books, even though I'm not a big fiction book reader. And it's all about helping folks realize that success is tangible. So I've had folks who've created million dollar companies, all the way down to folks who've published their first book and have no idea what they're doing. So it's really just bringing these voices together and just helping folks realize that if you want to create your own piece of immortality, you can do it because these folks have done it themselves and they're still human. Like they still have fears, like this big thing about imposter syndrome that's going rampant out there. Thanks to social media with all the comparison and everything, like they still deal with that themselves, even though they created their own piece of success for their life. So that's all I'm just saying is like, hey, it's really all about helping folks realizing that success is tangible. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right on these obstacles to reaching your full potential. You know, and yet you have all this creativity, you have the talent, you have the messages. What are some of the things that they talk about in overcoming that fear? Are they scared of their full potential? Or like you said, imposter? What are some of the blocks that you hear? So the blocks, definitely the comparison with the imposter syndrome, that's one of them. That's definitely one of them. Because once you get to one level of success, it's like, all right, I got to repeat this thing or go even higher. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm at this new level of excellence. Can't really go back to the old form of it. And heck, even some folks who may have gotten to that point, like Antonio T. Smith, one of my favorite guests, he was like my, he's one of my one year anniversary episodes. He actually is a smart man who was a really bright kid because he was actually homeless at the age of seven. And he actually had to memorize textbooks to do his homework assignments because he couldn't afford the textbooks. And wow. that helped him down the road with learning multiple languages to do business in places like India and Bangladesh because he had a fortified memory back then for memorizing them textbooks, eating out of trash cans and wow. taking that discipline to be able to now do business internationally and heck even being the business advisor for Les Brown at one point for a couple of years before wanting to set out on his own and create a name for himself. So that's just one of the many stories and heck even he even served in the U.S. Army as well. So he's been through a lot and he is helping folks to really create success for themselves. His journey now is to make a, over a hundred millionaires. So that's fantastic. Well, Dom, this has been a terrific conversation. You know, one of the things that we like to think about as we go into the conclusion of the show is to imagine we're having lunch, 
you know, with, with maybe some of your guests, with maybe some of your peers from the church group or the Toastmasters group. But it's like Kirsten and I are sitting at the table and we say, look, we, we love the conversation. You've really enlightened us about Black Lives Matter or you've really shown us what social justice is and could be. But what specifically could we do? It's a great conversation, but where does this lead us? What do you think the average person can do to bridge this gap right now? To bridge the gap is to have the mindset that even though a person may not look like you, they, they're not always your enemy. Like making sure you actually realize that, back to the earlier point about us needing community, is the fact that having the mindset to know that, you know what, even though the media may portray this person as evil, actually hear them out, racism still exists and it's been around for hundreds of years and it's gonna take a while for it to disappear. Like something that's been built and fortified for millennia is really gonna take somewhat a long time. It might take a millennia to get rid of something that's been around for millennia. So just making sure you take that first step and realizing that, hey, be watchful of the people that you're around, but also making sure that even though the media or you may hear stories, just making sure you do the actual action for yourself and taking that first step. Well, Dom, as we close, uh, how do people connect with you? How do we learn more about you? And your podcast is going north. One of your books is Stay the Course, but where can we find you on the web? Sure thing. So for those who've made it to the end, you can head over to dombrightman.com, dombrightman.com. All things Dom is there, including the Go North podcast with 340 plus authors sharing the stories and information to help you charge forward in life. And there's also a free gift for your listeners too: the 21 lessons learned from two plus years of podcasting. So if you leave your email, you get that free ebook and that's all on dombrightman.com. Wonderful. I love the smooth infomercial voice uh, that we got at the end there. <laughs> so good. It's the tones of Dom. <laughs> well, what a pleasure. And I tell you, Dom, you've given us some real life uh, insight. And that's exactly what we hoped for because, you know, it's so easy for people to, and I, I say this myself, Kirsten has heard me say it. It's like, oh, I'm not a racist. I would never say that. I would never do that. I would never, you know, I'm so liberal. I'm so enlightened, <laughs> so progressive, but uh, we, we can learn something from every conversation. I've learned a lot from you. Mm -hmm. Much so. Our guest has been Dom Brightman. He's an author. He's a trainer. He's a podcaster and just a, a delightful creative guy. So we really appreciated you, you coming on the show, Dom. Thanks a bunch again. Appreciate the both of you. <laughs> All right. And head over yeah. to dombrightman.com. And it's Brightman, M-O-N, Dom Brightman. Kirsten, for this week, it's just been another uh, great episode. Really appreciate the, the conversation and the questions. We've learned a lot. Always, always. I just, they're so juicy. They're so juicy. And... I get excited because for me, it, talking to young leaders, it is so nice to see our new leaders bringing up the soulfulness that's needed. And, you know, isn't that our new slogan, right? Like, let's find the soul again. And go. I love it. So thank you, Dom. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for coming on. And thanks for your questions. And thanks for your encouragement as we continue this series. We have more great conversations ahead. Here's to you and your IntelliKey as you continue to grow towards your full potential in both your business and in your life. Thanks for listening.
You've been listening to a special edition of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Amplifying Black Voices. IntelliKey Leadership Stories is copyright 2020. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. I'm Jason Lanier White. On behalf of your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.